So today I'll be talking about the Vibe Youth Group, emphasis on the words youth and group. So what is a youth group? What is our youth group? Well, I think that Paul and Timothy are a very good representation of our youth group. Paul is like the mentors, and Timothy is like us, the youth. As many of you know, Paul taught Timothy for many years and then sent him out into meaningful ministry. As much like what happens in the youth group, the mentors will teach us until high school, and when we graduate high school, we know how to make the right choices and serve God joyfully. So I've explained the youth group part, but why the name Vibe? The answer is here. In Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 to 7, it says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So you might be thinking, that's a great version, but how is that related to the name God? Well, the flash. And so in your head right now, you're probably thinking, Shim, you're going off task here. I came here to learn about God, not the flash. Well, the flash is important to our name for two reasons. One, the flash is a part of pop culture that can relate to the youth. And if you don't know what a youth is, I've kindly put a definition up on the screen. And if you still don't know what a youth is, it's the opposite of Mr. Andrew. (laughs) And the second reason is Cisco Ramon, otherwise known as Vibe. So we finally have the answer to why our name is called Vibe Youth Group. But who is this person? Well, Cisco Ramon's power, also known as Vibe, is to lay hands on someone else and see their future. Much how like it says in verse 6, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So this is important because God laid his hands on us. And, and gave us his gifts through Jesus. So we must lay our hands on each other and stir up each other's spiritual gifts. Because no matter what, no matter what gift God has given us, he has a use for you and that gift. So that's verse 6. But what about verse 7? Before I read verse 7, I have to point out two differences between vibe and God. One, vibe is not a God. And two, vibe is scared of his powers. In verse 7 it says, For God gives the spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So in conclusion, like Vibe, we must lay our hands on each other and stir up each other's spiritual gifts. But unlike Vibe, we shouldn't have a spirit of fear, of power and love and Uh, uh. (laughs) self-control. Now I'd like to introduce my brother, Ray Valui, to come up on the stage and speak the first part of the sermon. Hi, my name is Ray, and unfortunately, Shim is my brother. (laughs) All right, so today, why I'm here to talk to you is because uh, I'm going to give you uh, a crash course on what it is like to share your testimony. What is your testimony about? So the first question is, what is sharing our testimony? And sharing our testimony is proclaiming what God has done for us. In Luke chapter 8, verse 39, Jesus has just exercised a man. Um, and instead of letting him join the disciples like the man was begging to, he, uh, Jesus tells the man, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told the, uh, all over his town what God had done in his life. 
And so that's what our te- sharing our testimony is. We share our testimony to tell others what God has done in our life. And um, another important thing to understand about what sharing your testimony is, we have to look at the Greek word marturio, which is the English equivalent for the word to testify. And it means to bear witness. The base of the word marturio can also be translated to the word martyr. <clears throat> this is important since because test- uh, sharing our testimony uh, doesn't necessarily have to be us sacrificing our lives. Uh, but being a witness is not something that is supposed to make us comfortable. We're not supposed to feel good about shit. Oh, I mean, you could feel good, but we're not supposed to like feel good. We're not supposed to be comfortable in the zone sharing our testimony. We have to sacrifice our comfort in order to show others uh, through our works or through our words who God is. And that leads us to the next point, which is why do we share our testimony? And we share our testimony to show proof of God's existence. Uh, our testimony is like mentioned, us showing the proofs of God's existence. If everyone stops sharing uh, about what God has done in their life, then the probability of people being saved would drastically decrease. God himself could have came down to earth and shown himself to people at his own will, but he commanded that we go out and make disciples of all nations. He also said earlier on in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, that we are to be a light to the world. And our works, which includes things like sharing our testimony, are to shine and bring brightness into the lives of others, showing them the glory of God. So, now that you've learned how to, uh, now that you've learned why you share your testimony, we should learn how we share our testimony. And so, we share our testimony by making it relevant to the lives of others. If we went out onto the street and came up to hopeless pe- homeless people and said, Jesus loves you, it fixes none of their problems because God will not make any impact on their lives. And I had a friend. He lived in an atheist family. He was extremely smart. All of his needs were met, and he was rich. So then he challenged God on a scientific and a philosophical level. So then where do you fit God into the life of someone who already has everything that they need emotionally and physically? Even though we are commanded to share testimony to all nations, we can't assume the role of a judge, sitting on our platform, looking down on people and saying, Jesus is the answer. And we also can't make a fool of ourselves in front of others saying, Jesus did that, or it's like this because God said so. We have to come to the level of audience and meet them at where they are at. If the person is hungry, we have to feed them. And if the person is about the facts, if they're educated, we have to meet them at an intellectual level. God is not something that uh, we're supposed to force upon people, but we have to be ready for the moment to share our testimony. And when the time comes, the Holy Spirit will give us the courage and the right words to say when it's our time to share. Uh, Thank you. And now I would like to welcome up Ayla Fung to give the second part of the message. and I'm going to be sharing um, how you write your faith story. So as Ray shared earlier, we have to be open to the Spirit in order for Him to come down and help us share. I'm going to be sharing on how we learned how to share our faith in our youth group. And the first questions we were asked are, are we ready to tell our faith story and if we know how? 
So we were given this template, which breaks down a story into four different sections. The first section is your original normal, where it's your daily routine and activities. The second section is your uh-oh moment, where something happened to interrupt your lifestyle. The third section is your intervention, where something good came out of your uh-oh moment. And the last section is your new normal, where it's your new daily routine. As you can see in this different visual, it's like a recurring loop or cycle. As you know, there are four main parts to every story. The setting, characters, object of desire, and obstacles. In The Wizard of Oz, the setting is obviously in the land of Oz, where Dorothy is pick- Dorothy's house is picked up and carries all the way from Kansas to the land of Oz. In every story, you have to have characters. In this case, are Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Lion. And each character has an object of desire, whether it be a brain, a heart, to go home, or to have some courage. And in every good story, there are your obstacles, which in this case is the Wicked Witch of the West and her flying monkeys. I'm going to be sharing my faith story on how God challenged my faith. So five years ago, when I was eight, I found out that my uncle was gay. It was a really hard time for me because I was young, and before it was just my normal family, and we would do everything together. But on the other hand, I could see that my uncle was really happy, and that my family was supporting him. Now I accept him in our family, and I was even in their wedding. But now looking back at the situation, I can see that God was working through our family, because during that time, it challenged my faith, because I only knew about traditional marriage. It also taught me to accept everyone, and it doesn't matter what skin color you have or or where you come from or if you're gay or not, because God accepts everyone. And even though I'm still uncomfortable at times, I am starting to see how God sees others through his eyes. So we are commanded to share the gospel through our faith. So I'm encouraging you to take some time and pray on how God wants you to share your faith. So glorify him. Now we're going to show you some of our creative ways on how we learned how to share our faith. Some through words and others through art. And now I'm going to call up Michael Whitney, who has a powerful story about his faith. So as as she just said, my name is Michael Whitney, if you did not know. Uh, So... I moved from Georgia to here around 10 years old. Um, it was really sad because I knew in weeks at advance, and it was just like I grew up there. I had all my friends there. And so when I moved to Modesto, it was hot. There was nobody that was actually like you could trust them, and most of those kids made bad choices. Um, the church wasn't very open, and like... We all had to, like, stay together when we go places. We couldn't, like, spread out, go to our own little groups because we didn't have a group. And at 11 years old, we moved to Santa Clara. Well, I was traumatized because I thought Santa Clara and Modesto were exactly the same. And then I got here. At school, you were lifted up. You were supported to get a higher grade, higher education. At church, you guys had these big arms saying, come on, we'll, we'll take you guys in. I made a lot of friends here, more than I have at school, and I praise the Lord that this wasn't like Modesto. (laughs) And, like, 
you guys took me in as if I was raised here from like a little child and you guys fed me milk bottles to you took me in as that and not this kid that came from like over there. <laughs> um, and I like love this church and it's like <laughs> so now I'd like to like come on Christina you need to come share this great faith story nicknamed Captain Barbosa. I'm Christina, and uh, this is my faith story. So, uh, my uh, I used to live with my grandma, and I was always very close with her. Uh, we had we have always had a very good relationship, and uh, it's mostly because I lived with her for a good portion of my life. And she was always a very very strong believer of God. She prays multiple times a day, and when I did live with her, she would say a prayer to me every night. And so. I just knew that she was a believer. And in 2012, she ended up getting diagnosed with breast cancer. And it kind of made me think, like, if God's there, then why would he allow this to happen to someone that was so devoted to him and just so passionate passionate about um, just him in general? And she kept telling me and my family, like, to just pray and hope that things will go well, things will get better. And... I did, but at the same time, it still just made me question his existence. But um, after like a year or so about of chemo and getting weaker, um, she started getting better. And as of this year, because uh, it takes five years to be considered totally cancer-free, she is cancer-free. And so... Uh, just since then, and since I started going to this youth group about three years ago, um, my um, faith in God has just grown way more. And, uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, next, I'd like to call Nubi to share his faith story. Good morning, everyone. My name is Naveed Arman. I'm a freshman at Cupertino High School, and I'm going to share my faith story. So growing up, I did not have a religious family. My dad considered himself to be Muslim, and my mom was considered to be Christian. But we did not go to church. She said, you can believe whatever you want. And so I did not know what or who in the world God was. So fourth grade around that time I was the kid you see on the playground skipping around I was smile across the face not worried in the world but my older brother he was like not having the best time at high school he got started getting into bad stuff like drugs uh, fights and bad grades so what happened one time is that uh, he was battling ADHD so he w- one night I wanted to say oh come lay in my bed let's watch TV and he did but he wouldn't fall asleep when I did. So he thought the best way to do it was to try to make himself go to sleep. So what ended up happening is that he had a bottle of cough syrup and he started taking the whole bottle. That, uh, he said, uh, he just wanted to slow his mind down. He wanted to sleep. And that was the best way he can think he can do it. So in the morning, he didn't wake up. 
we wait till noon. He still didn't wake up. We tried waking him up. Nothing happened. So we called the fire department, police department. They tried waking him up. Nothing happened. So they gave him a shot, and he woke up with a burst of energy shaking. He was went to the hospital to get his stomach pumped, and that kind of shocked me to say, wow. Like, it was a news flash, like reality check. So what, I think what happened was God showed me that he's there, that he's, he's the one who, like, saved my brother. He's the one who brought me closer to him. And not to judge my brother, but to be better than him. And that is my faith story. <laughs> next, up, next up, we have Shadia, who's going to share a film she made. Hi, my name is Shadi Yixel, and something that people don't really know about me is that my faith has been going down. Um, I go to church every Wednesday and Sundays, and I go to the retreats, and I usually seem very happy, And but like inside, um, I didn't. Um, this summer, my best friend, she left to Finland, and she loved God so much, and she was very faithful. And she was basically like my role model for me towards God. And when she moved, I stopped getting that help, help from her and a reminder on what I should be focusing on from God. Um, but before uh, we started planning out You Sunday, Jonathan came up to me and asked me if I wanted to make a video. And I thought that it would be a good way to get back on track and after I made this video, I have definitely changed, and I felt like God has been with me through making it. Um, and he has also showed me that um, what I was made for, um, to create videos and make people happy while watching them, and has a good impact on them. It has shown me to be patient on what God is to give me, and what I can be ready for in the future. Um, in the video, it says the goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. And that saying is basically explaining me making these short films and that they can be lasted forever and used in different ways through God on mission trips or on whatever comes to my mind. Thank you and enjoy the video. This life we were given is pretty short. You can miss it. We all die. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. It becomes a memory. And up next is Josie and Michael with their slam poetry. 
Hi, so uh, today Michael and I will be doing a slam poem about relationships. It basically explains how teens feel sometimes in a relationship when one might be ignoring the other or not spending enough time with them. Hey, what'd you do last night? Homework. Why couldn't you FaceTime? Hey, how has your day been? Better if you were here. Hey, when can I see you? I'm still grounded. Can't you sneak out? Hey, what are you doing right now? Can you come over? No, sorry. I'm at a friend's house. And is anyone else going to be there? Just friends from school. Like Jake? I don't know. Maybe. I bet you have more fun with him. Hey, are you mad? Why are you ignoring me? Hey, I'm so sorry my phone died. I didn't bring my charger to school. Are you okay? Hey, did you get any of my messages? I'm sorry. If you're sorry, then give me a call. I'm at dinner with my family. Well, you can run to the bathroom. Not now. Maybe later. Not now. You owe it to me. I don't think I can do this. Are you breaking up with me? I'm sorry. I think it's time. Why are you doing this? I can't live without you. I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. Are you there? You have reached the voicemail box of... Please don't do this. I love, I love you. you. So this is a story about like a teenage relationship. That that wasn't real that you just saw. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Especially you, mom and dad. <laughs> um, but basically. Um, this is like a relationship, and it's really hard for these teenagers who go and get in a relationship, and all of a sudden they find out it doesn't work out, and they have to break up, break up with each other. But as God, there is n- you can't break up with him. He, he, you can always depend on him. He'll always be there for you, and that's why we all put our faith in God. And I'd like to welcome up Ayla to show her awesome video. Hi, I'm Ayla, as you already know, but um, I made a film called Expectations. Our generation as teens is the most underestimated generation. But my film shows that God can take those expectations off of you. And so I'm going to invite the worship team up, and I hope you enjoy my film. Expectations. A strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. From the day we were born, we've had expectations. Is it boy or girl? Superhero or princess? From the day we looked into someone's eyes, drinking in all their lies, and struggling to be perfect. We listen to the expectations of others that we must be certain color. And when we look in the mirror and see we're not even close to whom we're supposed to be. When you're by yourself and not on anybody else, you wonder, am I good enough? Will people accept me? Because you're only focused on your appearance. 
I mean, look at us. Girls have to wear masks to look pretty. Boys have to look a certain way to be accepted. Is this how it's supposed to be? No. Because Jesus Christ can set you free. There are no expectations in God's eyes. He loves your heart, soul, and mind. We search in order to find peace, but God has already set you free.